I got here, I just like they just like let me through the border, and I was like, "Are you kidding me? Like I've just, I've just been like the fa- like the past three weeks, like super stressed out, like trying to, you know, like stay on top of everything, yeah, and, like you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. big time. You know, you're gonna you're gonna like travel for the first time in three years. You're going to Canada. You got to make sure that like you got all your crap loaded up and your shit translated. Yeah. And then, then, then they were just like, Hey, welcome to Canada. Like, <laughs> Come welcome. on, man. Like, I mean, it cost me money too to like translate all this shit. It wasn't free. You know, I had to pay so you, like someone, so you did, like a you notary, all, you know, like you went through all the proper channels and shit and you're saying, right. I did like everything. You expected it to be a whole red tape like absolutely it was too easy oh and it was like and you're saying it was just way easier than you thought yeah okay they like saw my passport and were just like oh come right in you know i was like (laughs) wait a second you guys i've spent like the past two weeks at this like fucking anxiety level that's been like through the roof and you're just like you know (laughs) waving the flag like come on Uh, in (laughs) you know and it's like it couldn't have been easier but at the same time it's like you know i don't know do you it's, have it's, a uh wait so do you have a canadian passport still or yeah is, okay okay yeah i have so a canadian, have canadian passport yeah, right. yeah and and i also have an american passport oh no nice. i have like an argent and a, like an argentine like permanent resident card yeah i want to get into this about the whole um just where you're living and how you ended up where you're at and like i'm trying oh yeah here like yeah. So, so, so you're from, so you're from Canada. Are you from Canada? Right. Like, were you born and raised there? I was born in Canada. I was really raised though in the States. Okay. So I only lived in Canada. I mean, my mom's family, she's got six brothers and sisters and my dad's got a brother. So like we have a huge family anyway. So we would always, you know, go back to Canada and have that connection. But we moved to Boston when I was like six or seven years old. Yeah. In Worcester. And so I was like raised in Worcester. Yeah. And so I was raised in Worcester. I'm from Massachusetts. I I, I lived in, I grew up in Shrewsbury. (laughs) Wait, hold on. (laughs) You know, yeah. I didn't know that. I didn't know this about you. I didn't know. I used to go to Holy Cross, Holy Cross football games with my dad and shit. And like, shit, dude. Wait, do you know, um, do you know uh, Clinton, Massachusetts, or I? I don't. You know, I don't. I don't remember. Fitch, you know, you, maybe you know Fitchburg. You, yeah, you know. You know yeah, totally. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I got. That's like where I grew up. That's like where most of my families. I I grew up in Clinton, but you know Fitchburg, yeah. Lemonster, they're all kind of those little small towns. Yeah. That's insane, man. I didn't know you had a connection to Worcester. That's so weird. Yeah, <laughs> like, just, it's just, a uh, weird connection. It's a weird yeah, yeah. connection. Yeah. And then that's cool. like, that's cool. yeah, it, it's cool. I like, I like Boston a lot. I, I'll, I don't know. My favorite thing about Boston is the Harbor and the aquarium there. I'll, I'll yeah. like, cool. but then we moved, then we moved to Atlanta. Right. So yeah, yeah. I was like thrown from like, you know, I was 12 and, and like my, I was like real into like skiing and like uh, skateboarding and stuff. And then kind of thrown into this, like, you know, Southern suburban style, Oh, shit you know that that yeah. was like a, yeah. a big big change you know from going i was going to i was going to saint mary's catholic school you know in true yeah, in yeah. true in shrewsbury and then, and then we moved to atlanta <laughs> you know um, yeah. with all these all these uh, you know the southern people that i can't relate to 
Um, Was that just because of like parents job kind of situation you had to move down there? Yeah, my dad, my dad got a better job. He was working for, uh, my dad was an old software dude. So he started out in Boston working for Wang Computers. And then uh, Wang got bought out by Oracle, you know, and oh, got it. this job yeah. with Oracle. So we moved to Atlanta, you oh, know, um, and so like that's kind of like what happened. And like, I guess like Atlanta is where I was like, you know, spent the most time really, um, you know, yeah. kind of grew up there. I went to high school there and stuff like that. Oh, OK, OK. Yeah. yeah. That's a cool. And then and then. Um, OK, so you went to high school there. And then it's just, it's just cool to hear this because I didn't know anything about this. And we have kind of a similar, like, you know, I grew up in Massachusetts and then my dad got a job kind of in the Philly area, which is how right. I ended up kind of in South Jersey, Philly. Um, but uh, yeah, that's always like a big transition. So it's cool to talk to somebody who had something similar, like moving and moving as you're getting ready to go into high school sucks. Right, absolutely. <laughs> it, was a weird time. Yeah. it was a weird time for me. I remember yeah. I got, uh, yeah, yeah, it sucked. I don't know. I mean, the South is all right. Don't get me wrong, but mm-hmm. moving to the South when you're 12 from where, yeah. like fucking yeah. Worcester is yeah, not yeah. all right. I couldn't, I couldn't it's a hard I mean, situation for any kid to imagine. <laughs> and then, uh, wait, so you went to high school in Atlanta and then where'd you go? How'd you, yeah. you go there? Did you go to so college? I like went to high or? school. Yeah, I went to college. Um, okay. College took me a real long time to graduate. Yeah, yeah. I started out like I started out as like an art student, and then changed my major a bunch of times. It it took me, it took me nine years to get through undergrad. I don't know, man. I I, I like just a bunch I saw, of. I saw I saw the stuff. I saw the door of academia before me, and I let mm-hmm. it stay closed yeah, um, yeah. you know I, I don't like school that much and like you know uh, but anyways so I studied <laughs> jazz I, I did jazz studies I did jazz performance okay. for a really long time and studied okay. upright bass and then oh, like shit. after like three years like I got to like the three-year point you know where I was like pretty close to getting a degree like a performance degree and I was like you know what like studying fucking music in school like sucks and it's turning it into like a job or some shit. So, mm-hmm. so I was like, you know, like, what's the other thing that I like doing? And it was like writing. So I was like, okay, well, I'll just like change my major to print journalism. I'd already gotten a minor in jazz studies. So it wasn't like wasted time or anything like that. You know what I mean? Yeah, I learned yeah. how to play upright, upright bass. It was fucking cool. And then like just change my major to journalism and and kind of like you know had like like the 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 base of like english classes that i needed and like everything like that to just kind of like easily make the translation like the transition and it was um it was cool studying journalism i like it you know and and so i studied journalism in college got a degree in print journalism uh worked for a newspaper the legal organ of the cab county called the champion for four years and then like um got like totally jaded and bored and like almost drank myself to death and i had a friend (laughs) who was moving to argentina and and i i i applied to different grad schools to study poetry and my parents knew this and they were it was when they 
my dad had almost retired, but he was like, you know, they were about to retire and they had some plays, you know, in Naples, Florida. And I was visiting them like one weekend and, you know, in Naples, like I came down from Atlanta and shit, you know, it was after they moved and like, they were like, you know, and I'd gotten into like all these poetry schools, but didn't get like any fucking, you know, financial assistance or anything like that. So, you know, my parents were like, wow, we have an idea, you know, like, why don't you not get into debt by studying poetry and going to grad school and doing that? Because they, you know, they knew I was like sick of it, you know, and I was like, just looking for a way out or whatever, you know, some, some like a little time apart from like, whatever grind I was at. So they were like, why don't, why don't you go down to Argentina and take like a, get certified and like get your TEFL certification, you know, teaching English in a foreign language certification instead. And and they were like, we'll buy you a plane ticket, you know, instead of you getting into like $40,000 worth of debt to go to (laughs) grad school to study poetry, you know, you know what I mean? So I was like, they they like gave me a choice and I was like, all right, (laughs) that sounds Cool. cool. You know, and then like, yeah, I'm very grateful to my parents. They're, they're, they're cool people at the end of the day, you know, everybody has their issues, but I mean, my parents and I have been through a lot together too, you know? um, Mm -hmm. So most of your family's uh, still up in Canada. Do you have like any kind of connection to Atlanta still or not really? Not really. I mean, I got friends and stuff in Atlanta, um, you know, who I would love to see and stuff like that, but like, it's weird, man. The states are weird to me now. I've been in this bubble for a long time in Buenos Aires where like even being back in Canada is weird. I mean, I haven't yeah. been here. I mean, I haven't visited in like three years. And like this is the first time I've been back to Canada in the winter time in like five <laughs> years. Right. So it was like snowing today. And I was like, yeah. you know, like drinking a tea on the porch, like almost in <laughs> tears. I was like, so beautiful. You know what I mean? And it's like, I'm coming from like, I'm coming from a place where it's like 30 degrees, like centigrade, you know what I mean? Like so hot, it could, it could burn your face off, you know, (laughs) like summertime in Buenos Aires, it's like totally brutal. So So, I've been in some weird sense of shock, you know, with the climate change and like everything. Yeah, that's definitely some culture shock. I mean, I haven't been back to uh, New England area in a minute and um yeah, that, that's a different kind of cold up there. I mean, I've been up into Eastern yeah. Canada. It's a different kind of cold. Like if you haven't been to, you know, that it's when you area. get close to it's when you get close to the lakes. That's the shit. Man, yeah, it's just the fucking wind bleeding, blows through, you know, you know. It's, you know yeah, it's, uh, yeah. it's brutal. I have a memory of when I was in Montreal one time. I played hockey as a kid and I used to go up there, stuff like that. And I remember I was walking with my dad. And we get into like, uh, you know, like just grab some food and I'm like in the bathroom and I like look at my, my legs and they're just like red, like totally red. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm just like, are my legs about to fall off right now? Like it is so <laughs> cold. Like you don't even realize how it gets, cold it gets so cold in Montreal. I'm going to Montreal on the yeah. 14th. So I've got a couple okay. more days like in cool Toronto before I fucking, yeah. you know, it's a fucking, and Montreal's an island, right? In the middle. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it, like not a lot of people think think about that i don't know i mean people who are from montreal 
obviously think about you know the fact that it's an island right because yeah. they live there right and it's like the west yeah. island and everything and like i mean until you just but like at the same I, time I like if you're just fucking visiting like you yeah. know yeah yeah you're visiting it's just, it's just like you have wind blowing off of like 50 places that's freezing fucking cold <laughs> right into the city you yeah, know yeah. into yeah, the yeah. downtown old montreal is like a fucking wind tunnel with the size of the buildings and shit like that <laughs> yeah it's yeah, cold yeah. as it's cold as piss it's in the winter time super cold there it's super cold. last time i was there I, I, in the winter it was minus 30 you know it's like <laughs> i yeah, I was married real. at one point. I'm divorced now, but it was like my yeah. ex and me were in Montreal and it was like, you know, we're watching the news and it's like oh, the coldest winter in the past 10 years. Yeah, it's like, yeah. I'm looking, you know, like at my Argentine partner and it's like, you know, <laughs> you know, it's like going out to get beer. I can only go out for 10 minutes because like my fucking beard is freezing. I'm like, what yeah, am yeah, I doing? Yeah. My yeah. Viking, you know, exactly. like, how do you guys? how do you guys do this like live like moles for like three fucking months you know i know, I know. yeah the sun goes down so early at like four o'clock yeah that's how it is like up here in seattle which is weird you yeah. know it's like, it gets dark about four o'clock now which is crazy but uh that but is man, crazy so for argentina though i gotta get into that a little bit more just because when i first kind of found out you know when i first saw you on twitter and whatnot as i was mm -hmm. getting into different writers and i you know i see that you're from buenos aires and i'm like you know that's a little different like seemed like you were yeah. the only argentine rocking you know in this kind of at least you know in the universe of writers that i've been paying attention to so so you're yeah. saying a friend it was kind of just like spur of the moment a friend was going there and that's what got you down there yeah, basically, like he was moving down there to teach English and stuff like that. He had just gone through grad school and was like looking to do something. And like, right. So my parents kind of talked me into it, you know. Yeah. And and so I was like, okay, I'll go down and like I'll go do this like English teaching course, you know. Um, which like unfortunately like ended being it didn't like end up being like a waste of time, like in a grand sense but at the same time like i don't enjoy teaching you know and yeah. so i took this you know certification course and shit and like to learn to, how to teach people english and i like you know worked for a while as an english teacher but like didn't make any money so you know it, it was yeah. like i it was like you know we'll pay you 90 pesos an hour which is like fucking peanuts you know so i mean in order to in order to like have some sort of career off of doing it you know you have to have like outside private students and all this stuff okay. you know gotta make it a whole kind of really gotta hustle with it I so did what it did you a while yeah yeah what did, did you transition into like how did you end up being able to stay there i got some weird copywriting gig for this mm -hmm. like company based out of new york that was like you know like a platform sort of like i don't know there's a bunch of different writing platforms out there, you know, for copywriters where it's like, you know, we'll post a topic or whatever. And then like you write like fucking, I don't know, five ways to fix your plumbing or like, you know, okay, how, so to how to prevent your pipes from bursting. So I got this, it was like a light, it was like a fucking, you know, it was like a, uh, I don't know, life raft, you know, thrown out to right. me though. Cause that was yeah. like totally totally like out of money and everything and like i remember like 
you know, I was like, well, it's either this or like nothing, you know, but this ended up working and it worked for like three years. And I got like all my other buddies, you know, in Argentina, like on the boat. I was like, hey, man, write for this bullshit. Oh, you know? like, really? all you yeah, have to do is, yeah. Oh, yeah, it's just this fucking blog company, you know, I mean, yeah, yeah. right for this platform. Yeah. So my other friends. Oh shit! I mean, no, no. I mean, but like the my buddy who was already there, who was the teacher, who wasn't making any making yeah, yeah, any yeah. money either. I was yeah. like, "Yo, do this shit," you know. And so, like, I got like the people that I knew there. I got like these easy copywriting gigs, and uh, you know, and that's like kind of like started my journey. And then, like, you know, I like, flip flopped, and like, you know, I did. I continued writing journalism, but I wrote like. Uh, more for magazines and stuff like that about like um just i wrote like you know stuff about uh the meat culture in argentina and like what it's like to be a vegan and stuff like that and like okay how how that you know kind of like culture and informs like the overall like population and everything like that and and like wrote a bunch of different weird you know, journalism <laughs> stories. That was fun. And then like, then ended up getting a steady job because I was like, I'm tired of freelancing. Yeah, yeah. So now I have like a steady like contract gig that's like copywriting too. So, no. okay. but it cool. gives me time. It gives me time to like, you know, r- like write books and stuff like that. Like I work four yeah. days a week and stuff. So. And then, uh, wait, so how long total have you been, been there now in Buenos Aires? Almost um, eight years. Oh shit. Okay. So it's you're... pretty fucking crazy. I didn't know any Spanish when I first moved there either. It's 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 funny because like people often like mistake my my accent in Spanish for Russian or like some strange okay. thing that's yeah. not American or Canadian, you know. Um yeah. and it and it and it makes me wonder why that is. And then I think of like the people that I've connected with and stuff like that and like had relationships and contact with over the past eight years like have like drastically influenced my sense of like the Spanish language in terms of like what it is in Buenos Aires which is like you know a fuck ton of slang and shit like that Mm -hmm. and like you know I mean just like you know it's not just like straight up neutral Spanish that you hear you know like yeah yeah so it's 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 cool though but it's also like difficult sometimes i don't know to like pass a day thinking in two languages is sometimes completely exhausting to me yeah and 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 like i I don't know like i really feel like in order to to like live in another country like that comfortably like after eight years or something like that you just want to like live your life you really have to just like think in the language of the place where you're at you know what i mean otherwise Otherwise, you're like trying to translate things in your head and stuff like that. And it just doesn't, it, it's too, it's too much. It takes too long. I don't know. You yeah. just think and you think in Spanish because you're in a Spanish country and you live there and, and like, that's the way it is. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So it's weird. It is weird. I mean, it's cool that you, you know, you're living the true expat experience and uh, I mean, eight years, that's that's enough time to really speak on it. So it's just cool to hear. hear Yeah. At first I was miserable and it wasn't the experience that I wanted and I didn't have any money and I felt like a piece of shit, you know? Yeah. And so like, it's, 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 I mean, it's, it's like, you know, now 
I've finally gotten to this place where I'm like comfortable and it, it and it's it's wonderful, you know, but it's it has like taken like a lot of work and like you know that whole idea, you know, that I used to idolize of like, you know, someone just taking off and and doing their thing like, yeah. you know, I I like got to that point and then realized like I can't take this shit. <laughs> you know what yeah, I mean? Like yeah, yeah. I got to that point and I was like, I'm fucking broke as fuck. I'm writing some novel that's going nowhere. Like what the, you know, like what the fuck am I doing? Like I need money for food and, <laughs> and yeah, shit, yeah. you know, like, I, I don't so, know how like, to like have to like thinking about people to tap for money and stuff like that. Like I've been yeah. through those like times too, you know what I mean? And like, <laughs> so it's like, yeah, like, I've lived like that expat experience and it's great. And I, I wouldn't change it for anything. And for anyone who's thinking about doing it, because, you know, I talk to people sometimes and they're like, oh, it's so crazy that you just like up and went to Buenos Aires. And I'm just like, yeah. literally, like, listen, like all I did was buy a plane ticket. Like I got, well, my folks bought me a plane ticket to get right. me out of yeah, debt, but, but whatever, you know, you buy, you get, you get a fucking one-way ticket. Right. But right. If it doesn't work out, you just go home. It's not right. like, it's not, it's not moving to the ends of the earth or something like that. It's not like you're like severing all your connections and like, you know, he, he went off into the night, you know, yeah. never <laughs> return or something. Right, right. right. You're just like, you it's just move to another country for a fucking little while and see if you can, get a job you know freelancing or get a job there and see if you can make it for a little while you know, i mean if you have a grant and you move to south america you could at least piss away two months so you could either find work and figure it out or fucking get get the fuck out you know i don't know yeah, yeah, yeah. i mean the dollar the dollar goes a long way down there but like i don't know if i would have done anything different like <laughs> is that i would have been just would i would have been just as stubborn like is that like like to somebody you know, who's struggling in some U.S. city, you know, do you think that that's a viable option to just, like, go off to some uh, country where our Absolutely. Money yeah, it's not the craziest thing to think about. I hundred, I, I hundred, I, 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 I completely support it. That's what was okay. happening to me, man. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. I was living in, I was living in East Atlanta, you know, I was paying, like, a thousand bucks a month for, like, a shotgun yeah. apartment that was decent, yeah. but, you know, I was, like, drinking myself to death. I was yeah. depressed, you know, I was working at a newspaper in like a situation where newspapers were failing. So mm -hmm. there was nowhere for me to move up in my career, you know what I mean? And like, and I had, a, you know, it, it was just like, seemed like something different and something new. And it was either that or going to grad school and like studying poetry. And it's like, I don't like not, I, I mean, I respect people who, who continue, you know, studying what they want through grad school and get a PhD and stuff like that. Like I don't discount the benefits of academia or anything like that, but I'm not the type of person who can do that, unfortunately. Like, yeah. and, and so like my options were kind of like limited in a, in a, in a weird way where it's like, you know, I don't think I, I, I you know, and I, I, I don't want to seem like I'm like saying, you know, like, Oh, I don't know. I mean, I don't want to seem disingenuous, but like, if no, you no. want to just pick up and leave, you can pick up and leave it. Mm -hmm. It's possible. Yeah. All you do is you sell everything you own. I mean, there's blue songs that have been written about it for hundreds of years. Like not, you know, not literally, but like you sell everything you own and you buy a plane ticket and you go to a place 
And then you try and make it work and then find the people who are at that place who are also doing the same thing that you're doing and trying to make it work and see if that is, see if you connect with anybody who might be able to help you. unzipped my little bubble that I've been in for the past however long and like ventured out into the world of like five guys burgers and like you know long plane flights and Snoop Dogg wine that I bought <laughs> yeah, yesterday I yeah I've, 19, I've 19, 19 crimes it's good it's 19 good. crimes yeah yeah <laughs> 19 crimes it, it has it? my full fucking yeah it's like a Cabernet Sauvignon or something are or there, Cabernet are there, Frank or some shit. Snoop though, or is it like a rapper? Like you're doing different rappers or something? It's I don't. Fuck if I know. I was at <laughs> I was at the liquor store. I was at a liquor store. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah. This is like this is this is why it seems so futuristic to me. I come back. Yeah. It's been like well, however long, right? And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> Snoop Dogg's. So I'm fucking walking around Snoop to a store. Snoop Dogg's face is on wine bottles and shit. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> it's weirder with. Uh, like up here well you're in a you're in a legal country shit i mean but like when i like with uh weed when i moved to seattle and they've got like the branded like they got a fucking um gary payton strain the basketball player i think alan iverson has a strain now it's just like all these dudes are trying to jump on the train of- that that's bonkers but it makes sense like <laughs> does make sense. that's I mean, it's a business. that's that's like ridiculously stupid too that <laughs> I, I don't know that alan iverson has his train pretty good I'm not but at the same time like I, here here here's me you know like uh, yeah yeah i saw you rolling something up there yeah yeah i'm, I'm like hanging i'm right sorry i'm hanging out <laughs> no, you're joints, done, dude. I chatting so dude i got this like sour og I, I mean i grow what do you got like, let's get into it what are you what are you working with let's, let's um about this sour og which is really good which i tried the first day that i was here yeah yeah. like so they just privatized weed stores right so okay last time i was here was in the summer like three years ago yeah like before the pandemic and like there was only two weed stores in toronto and there was like you know they were like both downtown and shit like that and they were government run but they like just privatized weed stores yeah yeah but yeah yeah, there's this place up here on the corner the other day, and I stopped got on a it. couple grams of this sour sour OG, and then this sour sis, and like this sour weed is really good, man. It's got it's like uh, yeah. it's like real sativa heavy, so it's like this like like energetic, yeah, type of weed, which is yeah, good, you know, sour, like, sour, like sour diesel and the uh, right. I don't, even, I don't yeah, exactly like know what kind of sour strains. means with weed, but when i see that i typically enjoy it like i don't really know i think i think the sour the sour definition means it's like got a fruity smell to it and it's like like sativa heavy you know yeah 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 i just found out that like og actually is supposed to mean ocean grown like it's like oh really (laughs) yeah yeah like uh you know i always i did not know that yeah, it's like because it's mostly like I thought, the I old... thought it meant I thought it meant original gangster. <laughs> yeah, I know, man. We've been misled this whole time. Yeah, uh, apparently it's ocean grown. Ocean grown. 
yeah it's all those like california original strains by the ocean i guess i don't know i could that could be a total bullshit that like just like some modern people threw on but i, <laughs> totally. I thought it made sense i thought it made sense absolutely it's not a legit it's a weed uh, spin i write i write copy for weed companies sometimes i love do it you? yeah like the little... i've written like like copy for weed companies and vape companies and shit it's just so fucking weird like the shit that appears on the packaging or like stuff like that or no like blogs and stuff like that oh, okay, like okay. The fucking vape, vape comp 2021 like <laughs> yeah whatever yeah. i just paraphrase articles it's like it's cool though it's cool i don't know and i'm only working four days a week now so i can like write my own shit so that's extremely legit yeah i yeah uh, i mean it gives me the time that i need yeah no that's something that interests me it's cool that you're you know not like it's some big thing but it's just cool that you're willing to talk about it because you know the job balance with writing with what everyone's doing is you know it's obviously a struggle and i'm just so curious what everyone does to make ends meet yeah allows them time to do their work and you know cop so you're saying like copywriting you know that's a cool it's obviously a cool thing to do because it's writing and you it doesn't interfere with your writing at all because you're just doing like bland kind of technical writing but but the the rub Mm -hmm. is that you're literally writing all the time right right, which 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 can be unbearable some days like yeah you know and and so so like i don't know i mean i've been like pretty focused on like the copywriting lately but at the same time like i'm like running oomph you know running this translation press and also like you know um in the process of like editing these like schlocky horror books that i've written you know lately so like it's been like um the past couple months have been like a time where I've been like, all right, I finished writing everything, you know what I'm like, I finished, like, I don't know. I came out with like two chapbooks this year, like a full length poetry book. And then like, you know, blood pudding, that horror book. And then like a ton of shit, you know? So it's so, so now I'm doing like the like other side of writing, you know, which is just like, editing and honing things and then like you know proofing stuff for the translation press and stuff and like you know doing stuff like that like still connected to writing but otherwise i'd just be writing all the time which sometimes i am you know but it takes it's tough it's tough i don't know you know i've got i've got so many novels that are that are in progress that like i would fucking love to finish but i need like three months on an island with no distractions and like only like booze you know (laughs) i don't know you know what i mean no i do leave me the fuck alone for a fucking year i'll finish like 16 bucks you know if i can get an agent or a contract or something i don't know you know like just just let me go let me go just you think that really does work for you the kind of because like like yeah, I think it's cool, you know, a reason why I wanted to talk to you and why I was attracted to your stuff from the beginning is because you put so much shit out, and that's cool. And it's me. weird. It's like, the, I don't know, like, I'm starting like, to realize that, like, I, I feel like I want to put anything out, you know, like, like, I think I don't have, like, a oeuvre, you know, like, I don't know, I don't... Cons- really? I, well, I don't, well, I don't think I'm... Let's get into it a bit. Let's, let's talk about the writing well, a bit, because, like, I like to, you know, to kind of like 
prepared to talk to you, I was just looking at your site and looking at some of the places you published. Yeah. I'm just talking like, I'm not like, we'll talk about the full length works, but just like individual stories and poetry that you've published. Yeah. And, uh, and man, it's like a laundry list of every like notable press, like the shit that I read uh that and i want to mention i want to talk about a few of them specifically with you if you're down Um, all right i'm down okay cool like so i read i read the piece that you put that you had in nervous breakdown which is a few years old um (laughs) that's a good one yep and then the the line the man and the guys so yeah i'll list them off i I only have a few (laughs) of them here that like like i didn't go through all your shit but um I kind of caught up on a few of them before. Yeah, so the line, the guards, and the man upstairs. That's yeah. Breakdown. That's legit. That was like 2015, I think you put that out. And then I read, um, there was a place in my neck where meaning once stood, which is in Harsh, which is yeah. a cool little magazine that I think is like on a hi- hiatus right they're now. On a, they're on a hiatus right now, but it's yeah. B.R. Jaeger. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's B.R. Jaeger's thing? Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> I wasn't I wasn't totally positive on who was running that. Isn't uh, Maggie Siebert? Or... Yeah, Maggie Siebert and B.R. Okay. Yeager. That's their thing. Nice. Um, Hell but yeah. They're, yeah, that's yeah. a pretty awesome combo. I think they're right both there. I think they're both quite busy with yeah. <laughs> all no, their, always, all their like great the great success and work right now that they're doing. I got B.R. Yeager's book, Negative Space, right behind me, actually. Yeah, Negative Space. Good. I was talking the other day about if someone would make a fucking movie out of negative space, you know, cause there's all these like new. Yeah. He's from Western mass. Just to throw that out there. I know. Quick. I know he is. I know he <laughs> yeah, is. Yeah. yeah. I got the, you know, he wrote a story in that Matthew Bartlett book that they just came out with. Right. With all the dedicated, you know, Matthew B Bartlett, the horror writer. Uh, Wait, is that, I don't think I know. No, I'm not sure if I know him. I don't know if I do. He wrote like, um uh i forget the name of like some of his books but they just came out with a, a, this like dedication book called hymns of abomination and br eager okay. has a story in it and it's like this you know western mass type horror oh, shit. shit that's super cool okay yeah no um yeah the movie idea of uh negative space would be cool though like i uh, it, it would make a great movie I think it would be if, like if it was more, done well. If it was done well, it yeah. would be it, it. It would have to be. I don't know. There's so many like surreal, like Lynchian scenes in that movie, but at the same time, like they get like the suburban. I think it could be like a darker, cooler version of like a like it could be like an R-rated Stranger Things kind of right. Um, yeah, like kids in suburbia who. Yeah get into some situations yeah <laughs> but yeah he's cool so yeah you had that one in harsh which that that shit was fucking good i liked that piece and then you had uh, uh and then i read a couple of your things in leisure magazine is that how you pronounce that one Lija, 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 yeah. I, never know. I like their shit Lige- the village Lige- yeah Lige- <laughs> yeah uh village of the sun is really <laughs> good man like, it's one of the weirdest stories i've ever written that's really good i want to get into some of this stuff i'm just listing them off but that one's really cool and then i also read um i am blue person which you also oh yeah in. and then there was three stories which are just three little short ones um and mostly I, about rabbits yeah yeah right exactly <laughs> and then i read uh one of my favorite little magazines right now 
uh, you have old lady talking to time and surfaces. Surfaces. Oh yeah. Which, what I liked about that surfaces piece is that you got like, I guess they're like st stage directions, but they could be yeah like action description in a screenplay that's just mm -hmm. kind of like. And then that action description kind of like takes over the initial narrative of the story well, of it. Yeah, and the persona of that description is time. Right, the old lady right. is okay, talking and that's time, moving the leaves and, and making the water sound and everything. Okay, okay And, and okay. so, yeah, that's from, that's from this novel that I have called Lord of Chaos that- Oh, for real, okay, I didn't know that. Yeah, no one seems to want, want to, publish it which is fine it's, i'm it's maybe we'll just put it up it's unpublished but okay. like but you've put some pieces in random magazines here and there there's, i didn't know there's been like a shitload like it's suck it's weird it's kind of it, it doesn't suck it's cool i'm grateful <laughs> for everywhere that has ever published anything of my anything of my work but at the same time like i've had like like extremely large excerpts of like novels yeah, and like you know, almost like every short story I have in this short collection, this short story collection that I'm chopping around has been published, which I'm very proud of. But also makes me think that like um, maybe publishers don't want it because there's been so many stories from the collection that have already been like you know appeared online and stuff like that. Yeah, I don't like personally. I don't have an issue with that. Like it's do you like if you read but, something and you see but also that, like people want yeah. new shit so like yeah but the way that, i think you of know it, like i think of it is like for posterity you know like that printed book is probably going to last longer than whatever site the stories are on originally and so like if someone buys the printed uh, yeah. book you know that printed book could end up like being passed to a friend in a, <laughs> in a bookshop or some shit like those stories are going to live longer than like someone seeking them out on like a site that might like domain might expire yeah that's my thought with it i'm like i don't mind if they've been online before because like the printed version kind of like solidifies them in my mind a bit like or yeah it's it's arguable into... though i mean it's like yeah. you know what i mean like it's so arguable like what's gonna yeah. fail first like yeah that's true. you know how much fucking how much money does it cost to print a fucking book and have yeah. a fucking journal online it's like <laughs> but also like if the, you put the fucking coins printed... in the air man yeah you know? no, you're right i don't know that. yeah but also like in a printed book you can kind of you can see them together and there's there can be like right. patterns that maybe emerge or like some kind of themes or whatever that like just looking at them like scattered across the internet you wouldn't maybe get so like right the ordering right. of them like sequencing and stuff like that like i'm into stuff like that like i don't mind rereading things if they're like in a sequence that makes sense or if like you know you read two of them together now and all of a sudden it's like oh shit now it's even better like now that those right. two are back or whatever so right. like i don't have a problem with that but i definitely uh i definitely know that that's like a thing that people think about but okay so that one in services is in that unpublished short story yeah book. no okay. it's it's it, no it's the, it's an unpublished uh oh, novel. full length novel okay called called lord of chaos and every right. section i use like a different uh narrative form so there's all this concrete poetry in it the piece that you mentioned in surfaces 
yeah. is a part is a part of Lord of Chaos. There was a place in my neck where meaning once stood. So, um, oh yeah, that one in um that one in harsh. That one was also in yeah. Lord it's not surfaces harsh. Sorry. Yeah, yeah I got you. I got um, you. yeah. So I mean, I'm about it. And then the expat piece. I mean, I've had. I think I've had a few pieces published in. Yeah, expat, that was the but... most recent one that I read. The which was also really good. The consumption of the vessel, Sarah. Uh, that's a great one mm-hmm. i wanted to write a i wanted to write a possession story that was like backwards in time yeah it, it was a writing prompt that i got um, it's got like it's like automaton kind of feeling you know like it's like a rope like right a, yeah it's like some you know i don't know i mean it is like some weird possession kind of thing but it's like like an alien possession you know what yeah. i mean yeah or yeah. like something that's not familiar with human beings or some shit yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Not like not like a demonic possession story, but like, you know, some robot who's trying to figure out how to how to fucking <laughs> make a finger move and, yeah. and grab it and grab a glass of water and, and, and yeah. hold it to their mouth. You know? Yeah. No, I mean <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So so like and writing it backwards that way and like ending it in in the way that like I'm so glad they published that because like a lot of people were like, we really like this story, but the ending just kind of like peters out. And I was like, that's the whole fucking point of the story. Mm-hmm. It's the, it's the moment of possession. You read to the moment, you know, it's like a, it's a, it's this, you know, this super dumb, strange moment of beauty. And that's, yeah, <laughs> that's, that's the point of it. You know, I mean, do you, do you often like what, do you kind of get some pushback like that from journal? Like I haven't submitted to too much stuff personally. So I'm just wondering how other people do it. Like, do you get critical feedback to like change your work often? Um, That's something that editors do at different magazines. Yeah, sometimes, but, yeah. but um, all the times that I've ever gotten that type of critical feedback have been like, actually like pretty positive just knock a bunch of shit over <laughs> damn it i want to go outside and smoke a joint so yeah it's like snowing and it's like christmas time in canada but like i don't know it was a good day it was cold it was snowing for a while earlier in the day yeah. like Mm. so you're in i woke up yeah i'm in toronto i'm in greek town which is like off the danforth i don't like know toronto super well because i don't come here that often but greek town is great they've got a bunch of good food and stuff and you know yeah it's super chill but it's like raining right now it's like pouring rain it started snowing and yeah and now it's just like rainy it's pretty nice but um so did you start um you started Oomph press in um in argentina or was that a us yeah we did okay in argentina yeah well we had always like wanted to in Atlanta, like Alex and I like had a poetry collective and like used to do readings at his house. Yeah. The co-founder of Oomph, the guy who lives in Rome, he's a poet 
too. Um, but he he um, was living in this place and we we're kind of having these readings and stuff and like sort of started this like collective that was geared more towards like reading poetry and translation or like doing like experimental translation or like trying to read, you know, stuff like that. So he's the guy who I kind of followed to Argentina who like got that teaching gig and shit. And then my parents were like, you know, Oh, go there. So in Argentina, we like started getting connected with people and stuff like that. And then eventually started doing oomph, but we haven't been putting out books, you know, and I mean the past, like two, three years we've been putting out books, but that's about it. Usually it's just a journal, but. And are you, um, how are you getting them printed? Are you going through like a, a US, like an Ingram type US shit? Yeah, no, we have to, we're using KDP right now. We're thinking okay. about switching to Ingram. Yeah. I mean, both of us feel like schmucks for using KDP. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, I don't like the, the fact that. Yeah, it's the Amazon okay. one. I don't yeah. like I don't like having to use it, but yeah, yeah. I feel that living in Seattle. like at right, right. But at the same time, <laughs> it's like, I mean, what the fuck else? I mean, we can use Ingram Sparks, which is probably what what we'll be switching to like soon. You know what I mean? Yeah. But at the same time, like the the problem of like, you know, I'm in Buenos Aires and Alex is in in Rome. Like the problem of distribution oh. makes makes it pretty difficult you know oh, he's um in yeah he's in rome so like i i don't know like i mean <laughs> you know it's like neither one of us can like really start like a company where we're at because like it like logistically it would cost like a piss ton of money to like have a fucking i don't know translation press in rome or buenos aires that like printed our own books and then like distributed them like to people it's been a tough thing to, it's been a tough thing to kind of try and move around, you know. Where did uh, where did the name Oomph come from? I love that you got like a onomatopoeia. Is that the word for it? Uh, okay. Yeah, it is. It's it, I, 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 it's I my invention. That. Especially, especially yeah. the explanation point at the end. Absolutely, it's that's all me. Yeah, I came up with that yeah i like it i like it it's awesome there's there's some fucking weird swedish band called Oom. i like it because it's not it doesn't like it could be from anywhere in the world and it makes sense absolutely absolutely yeah. every every place like that you know has some sort of onomatopoeia you know you know or like some weird <laughs> shit like that right that's like the upalala, uh, la like that's like a French Canadian one, you know, or like yeah. oopa la. Um, oh, really? You know? <laughs> yeah, that. like <laughs> I'm not just saying shit. You look it up later. No, I, I delete yeah. it if I'm if I'm just saying shit. <laughs> so people, so people submit stuff to you. Do the people who are submitting to you? Do they generally like only speak the language that they're submitting in and they just want you to translate it or are they uh no they no i mean we work with people who are translators okay okay so like usually like the stuff that we get that are submissions i mean for books and stuff like that it's like a translator who is translated you know a book oh. from a language and then okay. you know yeah. So you get the submissions yeah, from and then, the person who's already translated it. 
and that doesn't pretty always, much yeah and that's for not books. always the original author right it could be a translator just a separate person who yeah it's usually it's usually a translator yeah there there are very few times where an original author okay i think will submit submit their own translations you know what i mean yeah just and because you, of i mean just because they they might not know the language or you know i don't know no no that's cool do you do any kind of yeah do you do any kind of uh, like checking of that uh translation to make sure it's like all kosher or whatever or do you just like trust that it's uh, properly <laughs> that's a good question it's a good yeah. question and like um one that we often talk about because uh, it would be really good to have an editor who was like a native speaker in like <clears throat> all the languages, you know, that we publish and stuff like that. But I don't know. I mean, we're like, number one, like the people that we're working with at this point, we've worked with for years. So we know that, you know, their legitimacy as translators are you know i mean they've written some great translations um and so so that's like not, not a the huge biggest. issue but like yeah. if i like ran like if i like ran like a translation press like i don't know if i was responsible for the translation department of like new directions press or something like that yeah. like you would have to hire like an editorial team of like native speakers in like all the languages of the books that you're translating yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. but this, this shit is like, um, well, number one, I speak Spanish fluently. So anything that we translate that's in Spanish is like, you know, I read it like that, you know, yeah. with that mindset, you know, but, um, and then we also have friends who are, are, you know, native French speakers and stuff who, who, who read that, but no, I mean, you have to trust your translator that they're doing, you know, what they can because an exact translation doesn't mean much to begin no, with anyways, you know what I mean? I mean, it's like a, you know, you have to, you have to be able to, to translate it in the sense where people are going to understand what the significance is in like their own language in english and like that you know some of the problems that i've run into translating stuff right like yeah. with the hydrogen mafia shit was like yeah. yeah that's how we first got connected you sent me that chat book right it's like finding the equivalency of like this word that doesn't exist and so you search for it in words first and then afterwards you search for it in feelings in words that can elicit the feeling of the word that you're looking for that doesn't exist. You know, I don't know. It's like no, no, very, no, very strange. Yeah, no, it's cool. But like, you know, it's, it, those are, I don't know. I mean, those are the things that I think about if I'm translating something, you know what I mean? I mean, it, and take, also, it takes a writer like, or a poet to translate a writer or a poet, I feel like. You can't just bring in like a, like some academic person who like has a, no masters in french and just like expect them to be able to mm. like artistically translate a writer's intention I mean, no they'll give you an exact they'll give you an exact yeah. translation of it i mean right 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 you know i i mean 
Yeah, and the thing is, it's like you're when you're translating something, you're trying to get the the closest approximation that you possibly can to the original language, or you're not. Like, I mean, yeah, different translators work differently. You know what I mean? Like, you can translate something with a completely different perspective if you want to, and like. Yeah. It, 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 I mean, it, it, it might work like, you know, linguistically and stuff like that. So like, you know, I mean, there's a lot of different types of translations out there. And then the writers, like the writers, the books you've been putting out through Boom, are these writers that are like, these are contemporary writers. Yeah. Like current they are. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's what I think is cool about what you're doing. Cause you know, how would I. Yeah. That's the thing that makes it difficult as well. You know, is like, you know, I don't know, pitching people that you've never heard about that, right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you know, like it's, 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 it's fucking, we love that fact that like we work with like, you know, people who are writing now, like, for example, like the most recent book, Melismas that we published, you know, yeah, I've always been and in, in, in Alex, you know, the co-founder have always been like really um focused on sort of like closing this like niche gap that that writers have of like let's say like you know i don't know like three or four or five years this lag in translation where like you know you don't know about this person until years and years later and it's like why and it's like well because no one got interested in their work until they got they won some fucking stupid award or some shit you know what i mean i don't know like you know it, it, exactly i i think i, no, I think I totally it's important like i love that's it the like, only way that's actively translating contemporary poets in places like you know the philippines and like you know i don't know i mean eh, just like wherever we can i think is like great you know Cause not enough magazines print shit like that, you know, who, and like, you know, I don't know. No, no, no. I think, I think you're hundred percent right. What do you, is there like, how, how is the writing community in Buenos Aires? Like, do you hang out with writers there? Like, is there, um, is there any kind of, you know, like events you go to and shit? I do. I do. It's, I do. I, I will say that I go to events like pretty, sparingly but yeah. i do like you know i don't know i know a lot of fucking writers there and like i keep in contact with a lot of writers in uh buenos aires and then a lot in santiago too a lot of translators yeah, yeah. and writers that i'm friends with who live there so for a while i was going like back and forth you know like i'd go to santiago like twice a year and like visit friends and stuff like that yeah, yeah. and then you know go back to buenos aires but you know the whole pandemic kind of messed that up but like yeah i'm not like i i mean i go to readings but i i i'm like a bigger fan of just reading people's work yeah. like yeah, yeah. It, i like i like i like going to poetry readings and it's cool going to poetry readings in spanish because of like you know hearing like the way po the poems sound in Spanish and stuff like that, but like, I'm kind of a homebody too, so yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I'm I like sort of like cloistered, yeah, in in, totally in like some little bubble in my neighborhood.
Yeah. I do have like a favorite bar where I go play pool once a week. So, you know, like <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's a I, I don't know. Can, I'm no, that no, kind I, of guy. Like you know, I'm a very I'm a very similar person. I pretty much stay in my little. It's like hermit I don't know. Yeah. Let's talk about movies a little bit. I didn't realize we're already recording for an hour. Right. Talk about film a little bit, because uh, yeah, you seem to have that connection in your writing that I've noticed in a few of the pieces. I think in the in the the tragical the pieces that you submitted in track or that you have in tragical, I really like the poor, poor soil and uh, the army's. Very, oh yeah, the, you know poor poor soil is incredibly good, and uh, army's ready for war and the gallerist. Then you have the courtyard. Yeah, yeah, those are some heavy hitters right there. But in all of them, you do have that kind of, well, the first thing that caught my attention about it is just that you, you do, like your genre that you seem to kind of work in is like a sci-fi fantasy realm. But with like, it reminds me of like, like I like, um, like Andre Tarkovsky films and like the sci-fi stuff that he's done, like soccer and solar. That's good and then um that's uh that's good yeah like, him, like <laughs> yeah you know, like, i don't know like, yeah i, I, I would never thought about it, it that like, way but like yeah like that's that they're huge influences where, right it's a soft using, sci-fi that could be yeah. so close to reality yeah. or something you know what i yeah. mean yeah you use like one like sci-fi conceit like in uh i forget which story i think it's I don't know what it. What's the one where you have like the, there's a drug called Alice that they're taking. There's one. Poor uh, soil. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's in poor soil. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just like one. You know, that's a pretty straightforward kind of story, except for like this weird psychedelic that you just created. But you're able to through you know that like sci-fi conceit or whatever you want to say, get at a lot of shit. You know, and talk sure. about. Sure. And like I, that's the kind of sci-fi that I appreciate, where you're using you know, you're using some element to, like, get at a broader issue, which you seem to be pretty yeah. good at. Do you draw inspiration from, uh, like, you know, the sci-fi, like, sci-fi films? That's just where my mind... Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, I don't know. I'm a big Tarkovsky fan, so, like, I'm, I'm regularly... Yeah, I mean, I regularly watch his films. Yeah. Um, on like a monthly or a yearly basis or something like that. What's um, your favorite one? I don't know. Either For Stalker media, or the, Solaris. It's nostalgia. Stalkers. Yeah, nostalgia's great too. Nostalgia's great. That candle scene at the end, you know, where he's uh, kind of yeah. like nerd. That is something that sticks in my mind just forever. I mean, it's one of the yeah. great scenes in all of film. It's like... Uh, I don't know. It's like him and like, I don't know. I'm a big Pasolini fan too. Oh, like, yeah. 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 You know, like, I mean, and, and like, I don't know on the plane over here when I couldn't sleep, you know, and I was like a total zombie. I watched like, uh, like THX 1138. Oh, you yeah. know that movie with Robert yeah, Duvall the George Luke. and the yeah, George the Lucas George one. Lucas movie yeah, yeah. that's actually like, if George Lucas could have kept on making movies like that, it would yeah. have been, yeah. amazing yeah, yeah, you know 100 yeah, amazing yeah. like yeah, that movie yeah, is yeah. amazing yeah yeah um, no i i i'm a huge fan of uh 
Francis Ford Coppola. He's probably my, my main kind of director that I always turn to just for everything he's done. And like, I feel the same way about yeah. Lucas because like Coppola made a few personal projects before like the Godfather became the Godfather. And I always think like if the Godfather hadn't been made, like Coppola would have just been doing these little personal projects. It's the same thing with Lucas. Like, right. They would have been awesome. If Star Wars was never made, yeah. like he would have done, you know, who knows? Like some That's what I was talking about to my sister today. Like what would what would have happened if Star Wars was was never made and like he just kept on making movies like, you know, like just THX eleven thirty eight like these strange, like weird, you know, like Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I don't it's know if you've ever seen it's, um, it, that, it's great sci-fi. It is. Have you ever you ever seen um this is not sci-fi, but have you ever seen The Rain People by Coppola? Or have you heard of it? I haven't. It okay. No. So I know did, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. It's a film he did like right before The Godfather. And it's just uh Right. Yeah, it's that kind of vibe of like a guy at the height of his powers, but no one is recognizing him yet. And if he could have just like stayed in that sweet spot, but at the same time, he got a shitload of yeah. money godfather and was able to make apocalypse now and you know some great stuff so it's not the worst thing that had happened obviously have you ever uh, seen have you seen quintet with paul newman uh no i don't even think that's I've heard a it. that's a that's a that's a robert altman movie okay robert okay. altman is a robert altman's a weird fucking director too mm-hmm. yeah he is he made um, quintet quintet though and it's super crazy. It's got Paul Newman in it and the Spanish guy who's in all the old uh, Louis Buñuel films, you know, like the Milky Way and shit, all those hey, old surrealist films. Right uh, Paul Newman. Yeah. Oh, it's got B.B. Anderson, who's in um, yeah. a lot of Ingmar Bergman movies. And uh, I can talk oh, about Fernan- Bergman. Fernando Ray. You like Bergman? I love Bergman. Are you okay. kidding me? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love Bergman. Yeah. Bergman was a revelation for me as like every know, friend, like, every friend like that I have in my life. Like I, it's like, we have to watch the hour of the wolf together. Our I like to see people's people. reactions in that movie. <laughs> it's such my, a good movie. Mine that I or, always show or shame, that. you know, like shame, shame yeah, is yeah. fucking fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. The combo, the combo of passion of Anna and shame, like those <laughs> two movies. Yeah. Like dude in, is it in shame? Shame is the one that's like mostly in black and white. And then I think there's like a few scenes that he cuts in from passion of Anna into it. Like, yeah. It's just like the most expertly done like reference to a previous film that a director has made that like like you're talking about like in fucking uh House at Jack built how like Bontrier references his own shit and it's just indulgent. Right. But like Bergman's able to just so like craft, you know, craftily well, do it. He has the gift of subtlety. That's <laughs> yeah, yeah. that's yeah. what Bergman has compared to yeah. Lars von Trier. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean he has 100%. the gift of being, you know. A he's subtle a filmmaker that, too, that yeah he's a better writer exactly yeah yeah i like passion of anna you know persona of course i like the three kind of that little trilogy of um winter light yeah um, the silence and uh through a glass darkly is really good yep. um he's great Bergman is great i like are there it's any so weird i watched so many movies dude you have no idea like I saw that the majority you wrote of an article about uh Shinoda's film, which I have. Oh the, yeah, I hadn't seen the one that you wrote about. Um, I've seen Pale Flower, 
Yeah. Uh, what's the one you wrote about, like between the cherry trees or something? Under the called? under the blossoming cherry trees. Okay, it's okay. So, it's so good. I read the description <laughs> of it and I was like, this sounds exactly like a Shinoda film, but I, like, I, because oh, yeah, yeah. the other one I've seen is Double Suicide. Double, those are the two big ones. Yeah. I haven't seen, uh, I'm just looking it up. Yeah, I haven't seen the one you're talking about, but the description is it's, insane. <laughs> it's awesome. <laughs> Yeah. It's it's absolutely fantastic. It's it's one of the best horror films I've ever seen before in my life. I mean, yeah. And watching it in translation is like I don't know. I wish I spoke Japanese, but at the same time like and I speak about this in the essay that I wrote about it, just watching it with subtitles and having yeah. these like scenes like in 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 like ingrained in my mind of like you know, I don't know, her like you know, her uh it, it's it's Shinoda's wife who, who acts in all the movies, you know, right, right. in all his movies. And yeah. and it's like these scenes of her ingrained in my mind with like this English subtitle beneath it, you know, that's like just just yeah. watch the movie. It's amazing. It's yeah, I need to I need to see that. There like there's a lot of those like new wave, um new wave Japanese directors that I like really need to dive into more. Yeah, uh, I'm big. I'm Tokyo. big into all of those. Who's the dude who shit? did um, Tokyo Drifter? I'm just like trying to look that up right now. Oh, Tokyo Drifter. Oh, Seijun Suzuki. That's another yeah. dude I like associate with Shinoda. Um, right. That's like watching a Japanese John Pierre Melville film, dude. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. No, I'm there's... a huge Melville fan. Me too. The Samurai is a big, yeah. big deal for me when I first saw that. Uh, or yeah the fucking uh what else there's uh red the red circle rouge yeah the the circle rouge is yeah that's one of the uh yeah that's that's where that's that's where at the end of the movie right they they all have like he passes around his pack of cigarettes and they're all about to get shot by the machine guns yeah right it's one of the best fucking scenes i've ever seen filmed in any (laughs) fucking movie in my entire life dude yeah yeah they're all just running oh man and they all smoke their last smoke yeah it's great he just has that so great that really is like my ideal like it's like the coolness and the kind of like don't give a fuck of like 60s 70s american new wave stuff but combined with yeah. that, like, French minimal- minimalism and like he's just the master, right? Exactly. You know, of combining like the two coolest kind of kind of the two coolest like cultural countries at the time, like U.S. and France, like in the 60s, second second yeah. breath. Second breaths is good. Have you seen that one about the guy who breaks out of prison? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. That's not um. See, like, it's so weird with him that I mostly know his movies with the as the uh, the French titles, just because I feel yeah, like it's called like and stuff doesn't. I don't know. Oh, there's Army of Shadows was the other big one. Army of Shadows is great, right? Um, That's where they're in the French Resistance. Yeah, that one's very. Wait, good. is that what we were talking about? Though? That's the one you were. Yeah, you were. You were talking about that one, not with Circle. I was referring Actually, to the end of Army of Shadows. You were. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, you are. You yeah. Are uh, now that I'm looking okay. up with Super Rouge, I'm actually kind of thinking if I even saw this one. I actually don't know if I, it might have. It's been a while if I did. Um, but yeah, he's good.
short stories. Like as far as plotting it out, coming up with the idea. I mean, do you have a certain set thing or does it just come together? Um, sometimes it's like an idea that I have, but usually it's like a dream. I write a lot. A lot of those short stories are based on dreams or nightmares. I don't know what you'd consider them. Yeah. A little bit of both, but you know. Um, yeah, I just kind of document that stuff and then write about it. But then also, you know, I don't know. I've got like, you know, um, a lot of the ideas that like were for you alive home yet came from dreams as well. So I don't know. I mean, I think that's my, like one of my main sources of inspiration is probably dreaming. Do you write, like, do you, if you wake up from a dream, do you record it right away or do that when you wake up in the morning? Do you take any I try. Notes? I try to record it right away. Yeah. Like just by taking notes or like your voice? No, just, yeah. By writing notes on my phone. Yeah. Sometimes they're, it's like indecipherable, you know? Yeah. But and then, like when you go down to sit down, does that just kind of like do you come into the actual typing with like a bunch of notes, or do you kind of just go at it when it's all in your head? Mm -hmm. Usually, like I try and get like as much in there as I can, you know, in my head, yeah. so I can sit down and just write it. I mean. I think I think about things like an enormous amount before I write them in order to make the writing process easier. I like, I, I like to have some sort of like trajectory mapped out like an architecture of a story, you know? Yeah. Um, but like, I don't know, with like a story like Poor Soil, like that shit. Yeah. The, the whole, I mean, the reason why I wrote that story was because I was trying to think of four letter words that I could tattoo on my knuckles. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so like that gives you a fucking idea of like where my, you know, shit starts from like <laughs> yeah, dumb yeah. shit like that, where like, you know, where it's like poor soil. And then like, I thought about like, you know, I don't know. It's got all this like weird hall like the sun. shit in it. And it's got this yeah. dream that I had where I was like, trying to dictate my dream like via you know like voice recorder or some shit like that like but it it's it's it it's like you know it's accurate in the sense that like in you know i don't know the things that i like to write it's like my aesthetic yeah this this sort of like surreal dreamscape that's like uncanny and terrifying but also like not that Da seemingly dangerous i don't know i mean it just seems yeah. like a magical world that like i'm trying to grow <laughs> yeah yeah which sounds stupid but you know no, it's not silly but you know it's like this this realm of you know a place where anything can happen do you have like um like because when i read your stuff it feels like like it feels like each of those little stories could have been expanded into multiple more parts or just bigger like, do you find yourself having to, like, write, do you write, like, way more and then have to be cutting it down into something that... Yeah. 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 I mean, like, I can't, yeah. I mean, I have, like, a million novels that I've started that, like, mm -hmm. I have to finish. Like, I have to cut. I mean, I, all, 
I feel like everything that I write, like, and the way that I write it is the, I don't know, the way that I want people to read it is like, they read a, they read a story that like continues in their mind after they're done reading it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. I like, I like that sort of resonant resonance or something, you know, where it's just like, you know, echoes. Yeah. And you think of like where, where it like could have, when you know if if you had continued because yeah i had this like desire to just you know write like about you know all all these different characters and stuff like that and like you know they would make good books but i can't write that many books <laughs> i don't know yeah do you prefer it's too much like if you could just get bigger stuff published would you prefer to be like if you could get like bigger works as like readily published as the smaller stuff, like would you be writing mostly novels? Do you think? Like, do you think you've been writing the shorter work just out of necessity because that's what is easier? To no, get yeah. No, I think the shorter works are harder to write than the big okay, ones. okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, and it it's it's more of a treat for me to write something that's compressed, you know. Um, yeah. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, how much are you thinking about uh, like each press when you submit to them? Like, are you catering certain works to a different press or do you just kind of write what you want? Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Like, no, I, I, I like cater to like, I don't know. I mean, I usually send stuff to people I've worked with before who have published something, you know, yeah. of mine already. But at the same time, like, yeah. Uh, you know I cater to different presses I read a lot and try and like find ones that would be like aligned with like some sort of aesthetic that I could pull off or you yeah, know yeah. write about you know like I can tell I can as I asked that because I can tell that each one is a little different for the magazine but it's still like your thing and uh I yeah cool. yeah it's just tough to create like a through line to your work you know or at least me like I always feel like I want to jump around and like I get so distracted by different ideas and but like you see but I'm I'm jumping around I'm yeah. jumping around yeah yeah I am you know I don't know what I'm doing you don't get tricked don't get tricked into thinking you know what you're doing I'm yeah. not I don't know what I'm doing at all I I'm yeah, just yeah. I'm just you know I don't know I mean I'm not trying to be like, uh, like, uh, uh, you know, no false modesty here, but like, yeah, yeah. I, I just, I just, you know, I don't know, fucking, I'm an antenna for some weird thing that comes through space to create it out of words that goes through my fingers onto a computer. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. I don't do you, know. No, man. I, <laughs> I feel that. What, what is like the, what do you think is like your overall vision if you have one like do you just want to keep publishing stuff and doing what you're doing like do you have any kind of like goal posts that you're working towards or is it not about that for you i don't know it, it would be nice to like make money off of writing these yeah. creative things that i love but yeah i'm not so sure that's possible you know, and if yeah. it one day becomes possible, if one day I write some sort of bestseller or some stupid ghost story that gets famous or something like that, then I'm going to take all the money and just move to a place far away that 
that you know is an island where i can just live and <laughs> ride in peace i don't know yeah i don't know you- it's such a stupid ideal but like i just want to be left alone and like have you know yeah, I, yeah. I don't know work as easily as possible and still get paid and do the shit I love and and closely every year it's getting closer and closer to that. So like, it's cool. It's fine. Like, I don't know. I mean, I can continue to work. It's, it's cool, but eventually I would just like to work on the things that I want to work on. But like, if you, if you just had to like keep working the day job, do you think uh, like, would it, would you just stay the course? you think like you're just going to keep writing your whole life yeah like that is sure. something. Yeah, yeah. yeah 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 you just you just keep it up 